Blog Talk Radio. talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to Spirit encouraging you on your spiritual path. That is what we do, Leslie and Tracy. How are you this week? I hope you're having a great beginning to the week if you're listening live and if you're listening by recording. I hope all is well in your week uh, as we talk about saying yes to Spirit. Through mysticism this week, right? Yeah, our topic today is mysticism. I was tempted for a moment to say, no, we're not talking about that. No, it's my favorite thing, and you're going to say, no. (laughs) That's what you're prepared for, but no, let's talk about, I don't know, work, painting, (laughs) I mean, something completely unrelated, if anything can be unrelated to mysticism. So that is our topic for this week, our theme for the week, and if this is your first time listening to us and being with us, um, we choose a theme every week that um, sometimes has a direct relationship to spirituality and sometimes doesn't, except that we believe everything (laughs) Everything we could think about, everything we could do, everything we could possibly say is somehow related to or guided by um, spirituality. Yeah, really, that is the thing, isn't it? And if we look at it that way, if we really, truly live our lives like that, just you know, every time we cross the street, get in the car, go Seven Eleven, buy a bottle of water, dishwasher. Load the dishwasher. If we really look at everything as Spirit, it does change everything. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so one of the things I love the commitment that we've made to do this show yes. is at least at least once a week, right? I get that reminder that oh, my job is to say yes to spirit and to look for that in everything and to let that allow that to guide my choices, my actions. Um, as and to stay conscious about that as yes. much as possible. Yes. And you know, it's interesting. Just in the last two weeks, I have actually, uh, I've got an, a, a daily accountability partner because I was thinking about a different kind of workshop. I wish we were on TV because Tracy has such some of the most interesting facial expressions. <laughs> You don't like the idea of a daily accountability partner? I do, but don't interrupt your story. So in the last two weeks, now that you have a daily daily accountability partner, partner. um, my thing that uh, she reminds me of, have I I taken action on my uh, hopes and dreams today? Because I have a bunch of different things in my mind that I want to be doing for a new book that I've written and like the God in my day devotions and different things, yet I seem to just be in this state of inertia most days eating pie on my couch. So uh, her daily phone call or email or text and um, knowing that that's coming and knowing that I'm going to have to report in kind of thing <laughs> has really shifted my activity level in the day. And it's gotten me, as you said, we have this time once a week, but I don't carry you, you know, every day. I wish you would just get in my car and go around with me everywhere. But, you know, it's like having that that uh, soul partner along the way and reminding me every day that every day is a day of mysticism, you know. And even when I'm eating pie on the couch, I'm still having a mystical experience. It's just a different one that I really think I want. I want something that's a little bit more out in the world. 
what you want is what you have. <laughs> what I wanted is what I have. What I want well, is what uh, I'm going to plant today. I love oh. that. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah. So the expression on my face when you said that you have a daily accountability partner yes. had nothing to do <laughs> with the idea or concept of having an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the best things any of us can do mm-hmm. as long as we're willing Yes. To go there, that to we're giving this person permission right. to nudge us, and that we don't choose that we remember not to choose it as they're nagging us or to interpret, right. it, interpret it as if they're nagging us because we've asked them into mm-hmm. our lives into our experience. So I love accountability partners. Mm-hmm. The reason that my expression <laughs> was like, oh, I cannot believe this is because last week or the week before on the show, you used the word accountability like yes. 12 Remember times. Remember that? That's right. I forgot. And, there you go. and I think it was two weeks ago, so it would have been right around the time that wow. you started having an Her accountability wow. partner because you kept saying, yes, I, you know, we need to hold ourselves accountable, and yes, <laughs> accountability is important well, to good, me. Right? And yes, I am, you know... I need to choose to be accountable to. That's right. And so accountability was such a huge word in that particular mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was, I, I want to say two weeks ago, because last week of serendipity, mm-hmm. well, it might have been serendipity. No, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so then for you to say for the last couple of weeks I've had an Funny. accountability partner, Jess awesome. was like, See, that's how it all flows together. I mean, you know, because that wasn't a attention. conscious connection for you. No, like you no. didn't leave the show no. that day and no. say, "Yes, I'm going to find me an accountability no. partner." Because I've only been accountable for laying on the couch and eating pie, mm-hmm. and no, that that's didn't happen on a conscious level. Isn't that amazing? Because actually, I asked a friend like two months ago to be my accountability. So I've been on this path for a little while. And it was cute because she said yes, and I said great, and I gave her a list of things I was trying to work on. She said excellent, and then like five days went by, and I didn't hear from her, and I called her up. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, nothing much. What's how you? I said, you're my accountability partner. Why haven't you called me? She goes, oh, I figured you'd call me if you needed me. (laughs) I'm like, that's not how it works. There are rules. There's things you have to do. You have to be accountable to be my accountability partner. So isn't that funny? So yeah, so that's so interesting that it's all been on my plate and now suddenly it comes together. Into mm-hmm. physical form. Mm-hmm. Mental cause, physical effect. Yes, yes. Make a choice. And the universe supports that choice so well. When you mm-hmm. make it with, right, with clarity and with conviction. Mm-hmm. And yes, so clearly by the time you said accountability 12 times in less than an hour, wow. the universe said, oh, she really means it. Yeah, she really means it. Let's give her an accountability partner. Yeah, <laughs> man, this feels good. She calls me every night and emails me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to do something. I have to do all these things. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, so, so last week was serendipity. Serendipity. What did you do that was serendipitous? Did you have any serendipitous moments? Are you uh, more conscious of the coincidences in your life, Tracy Byrne? You're pretty aware of those anyway. I was like, no, I don't think I'm more conscious. Um, serendipity. Was there any time during the last week where I thought, serendipity? Um, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. That's cute. Not that I'm remembering. I'm sure there were, but like you said, yeah. I'm so right. accustomed to just being like, oh, of course that would happen. Well, look, you know, look what God made happen now. Right. That I there's not anything that's standing out. But if I think of it later in the show, I'll go back. Do jump in and yeah. say it then. I have an example, and it goes along with my accountability thing, and I'm just on fire with it. Can you see it? Do you sense it in my voice? Do you sense it? Well, I can see it, and the question to our listeners is, can you sense it? Can you feel it? In her voice? My voice? Can you feel the excitement? Because, okay, so two weeks ago I get this accountability partner after, you know, four days before that saying accountability, and I had forgotten about that on the show. And then Saturday we've got a mint of it. I have a tradition starting. I do that morning meditation at the Center for Spiritual Living every morning at 7 a.m. Please join us for 30 minutes of silence. 
And on Saturdays, we have an interesting little group that's formed, and we all go to breakfast afterwards, and we have something that we call Carl's Breakfast. It's a, a man that uh, joins us on every Saturday, and he is from New Zealand, so he has a, an English accent, and we all really enjoy that accent, and we just enjoy, you know, that he's a man and we're all girls, and we kind of, you know, hover. And so uh, we go to breakfast every Saturday with Carl, and we've done that for probably six weeks now. So last Saturday, we're sitting there having our normal just chat back and forth, back and forth. Carl says, you know, I really want to try to do something a little bit different. I'd like to do a little bit of a round table and have us all come up with something we want to accomplish this week and to speak it and to write it and to have us each hold it in intention for each other and make each other accountable. <laughs> that was Carl's words. I was like, oh, my. So that I thought that's serendipitous. I thought that's exactly that's serendipitous. That's how the universe works. You know, this random event that I do every Saturday has never been in that kind of vein, you know. And you have been calling accountability <sighs> into your life and uh, um, banishing what you refer to as laying on oh, the couch and eating pie. pie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, every you you constantly say that as a denial as a, I don't want that, I'm not, you know, and then choosing I'm going to be accountable for something else. So it's time. Seeds are coming together, right? All coming together. Just a curiosity question. Mm -hmm. Um, So three weeks ago we did vision boards. Oh, interesting. And I'm just wondering if there's any connection because... Yeah, the week before we did vision boards. Then right. Then the next week we did the, yeah. So I'm just curious. We should write this stuff down. Other people should follow this path. It works. <laughs> that it vision board. be in your next I, book. I put that vision board on my on my uh, wall. I see it every day. And so I'm I, I, I am constantly looking, oh, yeah, that's what I want to be doing. And it's right there when on my couch. I see it every day. <laughs> so that's interesting. I hadn't even connected that. See, now you're helping me connect even more to that. You like to connect the connection. It's right I'm there. I'm so glad to be observed. That is so awesome. Yes, that vision board is right there. I see it. Every, I mean, all day, everything. When I'm in my house, it's in the room that I spend all my time. I'm in the room with my cat. Well, maybe you should put it someplace else. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in my meditation room. I'd never see it. <laughs> I'd never go in there since I do meditation. Uh, actually, no, that's right. It is in the right place because when you're doing mm-hmm. something that doesn't. Oh, align with it, and you see it. Good. It creates that dissonance in your mind, in your brain. That's like you're looking visually at what you oh, are claiming mm-hmm, you want, mm-hmm. and your behavior is not supporting it. Awesome. Connection. And so you're, yeah. So it has. It begins to pull you off Excellent. the couch. Excellent. So it's a disconnect. So one has to kind of come over the other in the energy of doing. And, and really, maybe, I have had much less. That is so interesting, Tracy. Since I had put that up there, and I'm not making this up just to make it seem like it's real, I really have been on the couch physically much less since I had put that vision board in that space that I'm just staring at it when I'm on the couch. Yeah, so there, and that makes sense too because you were so huh. frustrated about the fact huh. that you felt like you were on the couch more. Right. And you may not have been, but you felt like you yes. were because oh. probably. The, that internal battle was happening of your brain seeing the vision board. Wow. Uh-huh. And especially if you can see it from your couch. Wow. So it's like your brain going, okay, which one? Which one? Oh, okay. yeah. Well, what do you really want me to do here? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm seeing this image and I'm feeling what you're doing and, hey. Yes. Now, that's a topic we have to talk about. What? The discord. The You know, the... the, the, the uh, the how the the message to the universe if we're sending out you know two different messages, messages you know how that's confusing to the universe and that um, and also I've heard um, Reverend Chris Terry at the Center for Spiritual Living talk about you know you only have to get to fifty one percent so right. you know just as long as you can connect the same positive message fifty one percent of the time then you're giving that clear message so that would be a good good thing to think about because that is true it is a that is two different things, so I'm sitting on that couch now. So anyway, so that's my check-in for the week. Good check-in, Leslie. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's Good take a break and then come back and talk about mysticism. 
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Mysticism. Mysticism. What do you think of when you hear the word mysticism? I know nothing about mysticism. <laughs> I have nothing That's to not say true. about mysticism. So wrong. This topic is You're on so the list because you want to be a mystic, whatever <laughs> that means. <laughs> We are I can interview you for the next 45 no. minutes. I have no nothing. You don't have anything. You I do have nothing. You, you I did like look it up on the computer. I have not. No. Uh, what I wrote down was what's on the. Oh, the what, questions? What is a mystery? Right. That's what's funny. on the uh, Block Talk Radio platform? That's funny. I have nothing. You have nothing. No. So I'll follow your lead wherever wow. you go. Okay, well, my interpretation of a mystic is something that is, we are all mystics at various levels. So whether we know it or not, it's kind of like we're all mystic level one or wall. mystic level ten. <laughs> it's like when you, can, when you can walk through a wall, you're mystic level 12. You're done. Um, you know that it's just a process of being more connected with the truth of being one with everything. That it's a process of going through that spiritual awakening or that spiritual memory, remembering who we are, that we're all mystics. And how is that? Are you that? laughing with me? See, I want a TV no. camera in here. I'm not feeling no. supported. No, and I'm like, and so how is that helpful? What? What? A mystic is someone, everyone's a mystic. Right. And a mystic is someone who is at various stages of our mystic unfolding connected to knowing that I'm one with everything truth if of, yeah. I am a mystic then I am connected so how is that helpful it's a definition I thought we have one of the questions what is a mystic they yeah. are just answering that that's like, not helpful no, no, I'm just like taking it to the next level if I don't know anything about being a mystic, a mystic. I'm like so why would I want that? Why would oh, I want to be that? Why would you want to be that? Well, don't you? I'm a human being. Why would I want to be a mystic? You don't. You don't. You don't have that uh, sort of spiritual yearning to to have that connected experience more of the time than not. You want to live in your human experience more or your spiritual experience more. That's. But I can't have. I have to have both. I can't be alive in this way. In this. Form without being human. Oh, I think you can. I think I can. <laughs> I think we can. I think yeah, yeah. See, see, see. I think Jesus was the expression of a pure mystic life. He was in human form, but he did all sorts of quote unquote spiritual miracles, or you know, different things that we think of today in terms of, you know, it was a one time kind of deal. Jesus was the only one that gets to do it, and he he had some special power that nobody else does. And my thinking is that we all have that potential, and we're all within that kind of um, journey at different stages of unfolding our complete oneness with the one. And so then when we're at that complete state, we are in a human body, yes. And when I stub my toe, it hurts for like a millisecond versus a second, you know, and when I'm born, it might hurt a minute. So it's like this journey to becoming um, more and more connected to the mystic within Christ consciousness. We call it Christ consciousness at the Center for Spiritual Living, or you know CSL. I think all sorts of different names have been given to it. Living in Christ consciousness is living is a being mystic. a mystic. Really, for you? Yeah, for me. Thank you. Yes. So that little kind of addition. I'm not speaking for anyone, but me. Because it's the same two weeks thing. from now, our topic is Christ consciousness. Ooh. So same thing. It same may thing. be that we don't need to have that show. So, you know, it's the exact same thing for me. Living in Christ consciousness, living in my mystic self, living the Buddha within. Is that not a Buddhist thing? Buddha within. All the same thing. So being a mystic is not being a magician or a. Um, um, Oh, 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 you're Pagan thinking just in the psychic realm. Or 
You're thinking like a psychic, like mine. No, no, I'm just asking questions yeah, yeah. that I think people might have. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, 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 no. I mean, I think that's part of it because as you're, but when you're living in a Christ consciousness, you have that higher evolved sense of intuition and you kind of know things and you kind of have that um, sense of uh, spirit that, that goes beyond all understanding. So a few years, which is your goal in yeah, my goal is to walk through walls, really. That's the idea one night. So. <laughs> Although, well, go ahead. What? Oh, a few months ago, mm-hmm. or last year maybe, mm. you took a class called Practical Mysticism. Practical Mysticism. Mm-hmm. So is there impractical? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Practical mysticism. You're going straight to hell. You doubter, doubter, doubter. No, no. So is practical mysticism what you're talking about interpreting your life experiences from that sense of oneness and impractical mysticism or other mysticism, the magic, the miracle, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. psychics, the, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I've not ever thought yeah, about that. Uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. think. I did not think. Wake up and kind of think of like questions to yeah. No, no, really. Yeah, doubting this Thomas is just about mysticism. I didn't take the, <laughs> the practical mysticism class. Right, right. So I really don't know. I've never yes. done anything around yes, this. Yes. This concept. I'm trying to think back to the class because the Dr. Reverend Petrus taught the class. So of course I got a lot out of the class when I took it, and I'm trying to recall now. But I do remember one of the clear things and that we talked about and that Reverend Peacher is very clear on and that's come up in a, another class that I'm taking with her on A Life and Time of Ernest Holmes is that psychic phenomenon is not um, not the thing. It's not the thing for Reverend Peacher is very clear. She's like, we don't, we don't get interested. We're not interested in that. We're not talking about that. We're not getting bogged down in that because what that does is detracts from the whole experience of Christ consciousness or mysticism or Buddha within. If I'm focusing all the time on being able to walk through a wall and I put all my energy into some psychic phenomenon that I can somehow channel that I can then walk through that wall, then I've spent you know my 70 years of this human experience accomplishing that one thing. Yes. So versus focusing my 70 years of getting the whole lunch, getting the whole meal, not just like the french fries, you see. And so then I can focus on the mysticism being everything. And one of the things, once I get to that evolution of being one and being in my oneness, manifesting walking through a wall would be very easy, but I would probably choose not to do that because there's other things of greater significance. The parlor tricks become less important, you see. And I just want the parlor chicks so people will pay attention to me. If I walk through a wall, surely they pay attention. Right? And they buy the book. <laughs> they buy the book. That's really what I'm looking for, right? Right. But um, I do think it's an interesting thing, and I was really interested to read this book for this book report on Life and Times of Ernest Holmes, who is the, the, the man behind the philosophy for the science of mind, where it was called the Beverly Hills Lecture Series. It was a six-week series that he did, and a whole week was on psychic phenomena. And he literally had lots of different psychic phenomena. He had what I would call astro travel, where he went and he had a foreseeing of Hiroshima and was sitting on this hill in Japan and saw it long before the bomb was ever made. had the experience of um, aberrations coming to form, weight and talking and... Uh, saw people levitate, all these things that I just dream about and fantasize, and why can't I do them? But um, <laughs> so he had all of those, and then he said the exact same thing that Reverend Petra has said, is, is that that's not what it's about, and that the psychic phenomenon is really easily accessible. The veil is so thin, and we can all have participation in this, and someone that can walk through a wall or you know levitate up to here, down to there, is no more spiritual than someone who can't. See, I've always thought it would kind of prove my spirituality. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. So uh, so the idea is that that's just kind of on the way to, in the final lecture, he had the psychic phenomenon right before the sixth week, which was Christ consciousness. So it's um, one of the things that we kind of, I think, get caught up in, in terms of 
she want me to say I get caught up in. I get caught up in, you know, this idea of psychic phenomenon um, uh, being kind of like a nice little parlor trick to get people's attention. And oh, it's not the proof of being a mystic. I think it's one way, you know, I think it's so interesting because I think back to Jesus and, you know, really if he didn't heal people, if he didn't walk on water, if he didn't do these parlor tricks, like <laughs> all parlor tricks, yeah, you would just be one more man talking about something like the little man down on Ross Avenue that I see with the Bible screaming out, holy, holy. You know, he might just have been seen as, you know, a bit of a nut. But he had, he was a, seemed like a bit of a nut, but he had these things that he could do that caused people to say, hmm, maybe we need to pay attention to the message because look what the messenger is doing. And so I do think there is something to be said to getting people's attention through these parlor tricks and um, then gaining once you have the attention, then you can, okay, here's what I'm really talking about. I'm really talking about a daily practice of doing good to other people. I'm really talking about treating your fellow man or your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm talking about loving yourself, being unconditional, being kind. You know, these are the messages that Jesus spoke. But... Okay, what do you think, Trace? Mm-hmm. I think it's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I wish I had taken the practical mysticism class. Oh, yeah, that's an awesome class. Because it is, and because Reverend Peter teaches it in the manner of, you know, this is not the end-all, be-all, the, the, the psychic phenomenon. It really is about how do you create that daily experience that that allows that mystical world to unveil itself. Very cool. Oh, um, devotion. Should we read a devotion before we take a break? If we have one. If not, we could take a break and then read a devotion. We do. And this is interesting because the devotion doesn't really um, speak of this because I I wrote this a long years ago, and and I've had I have had one or two different experiences where I really thought there was an aberration. And, um, but I have had the common sense not to speak of it <laughs> until recently, and now I just can't talk about it enough, right? So, uh, But this devotion talks about uh, uh, someone that I now really believe was an aberration, so I can tell you about that after the devotion. But here we go. Don't worry. You do not make a mistake. Standing in the self-checkout, re-scanning an item that would not scan, I felt my feeling of frustration grow. What was I doing wrong? Was I going too fast? Moving the item over the scanner screen too slow? Had I broken the machine? Within a few seconds, an employee came over and took my item and ran it across the screen. My package of Doritos magically scanned. Thanks. Don't worry, you did not make a mistake. His voice was calm, steady, and certain. Within a flash of an instant, I remembered I had been beating myself up emotionally for a decision I had made earlier in the day. I was certain I had made a mistake. Somehow, this cashier's voice reminded me I had done nothing wrong. I have a hunch God expresses through cashiers, random strangers, my best friend, the song on a radio, my neighbor, Always expressing, God is always expressing. I was so glad to connect the dots from my mood earlier in the day to this young man's calm, steady, and certain reassurance. I imagine it's not the reassurance. I imagine it's not the man, but the reassurance coming from God. Yes. And the true, and the, I kind of edited that. It really wasn't Doritos. It was some sort of like a candy that had like, I forget now, but like individual candies in a box I was buying. It was mm-hmm. Christmas time. And again, it was like 10 years ago. And as soon as he scanned it for me, and then I said, thank you, and then I slid my credit card, and I opened the box, and I was going to hand him two or three little candies as a thank you. So it was like literally five seconds. I turned, and he was gone. And it was like, it was like at Sam's or something that you, know, you can see for miles. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like there's like an aisle right there that you're going to run down and disappear. I mean, I scanned like the whole crowd area, and he was gone. So that, I remember clearly at the time thinking, 
God, he just came down here, scanned my little chocolate, and said, you didn't make a mistake, and now he's gone. And I really believe that, and I don't, you know, I don't know why it makes me so happy to believe that. <laughs> and I think God does that for everybody all day. I just think it's the common design to have the unveiled or the other side, whatever we want to call it. I think that there's a lot of interaction, a lot of interest on the spirit side or the angel side or the other side, that they're just sitting around all day in eternity saying, ask me for help, ask me for help. Let me help. Right. And there's a way. Exactly yeah, what right. I do it. Right, right. Or, yeah. Or let me help you do right. what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that. And I do believe that um, because we are in human form, having a human experience, that so many of the ways that God shows up to provide that guidance or that help or that protection is through other people mm-hmm. because otherwise a lot of the times we would resist it or deny that. it or, you know, but we can hear it, accept it or whatever. Um, so, And I totally believe that it could have been um, a non-physical helper but you interpreted it as a physical helper, and then when you turned around and kind of got back into 100% that human form, Mm -hmm. that you couldn't see that person. You do, Tracy Brown, believe that? I do believe that. Love it. See, I don't think we talk about this much, not just you and I, but Mm -hmm. people in general. And I wouldn't... Like you said, you edited, when you wrote the the devotion, you edited it because... Mm -hmm. People would think you were crazy. That's right. You never read another devotion, right? Right. Wow, look at you coming out of the of the mystical closet. <laughs> well, it's just interesting that I would not necessarily call I mean I okay, following your definition it's definitely a mystical experience. Yes. So I I get that and and I can follow that, and I can agree with that. I believe that kind of stuff happens all the time. I just probably would never have um, used the word mm. mystic or mystical. Interesting. Okay, well, how but would I, you? But, so I, then I knew you were going to ask me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, so what would I have said? And and I don't know. what mm. I might have described the experience, but I didn't. I might not have had a label for it, ah. or I might have said it was a spiritual experience, or I might have said it was uh, a God thing. Mm, okay. And so there's something about the word mystic mm-hmm. or mystical mm-hmm. that it's not a word or phrase that I use. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it's not that I'm a skeptic about these kinds of things happening, it's just, yeah, it's mystic or mystical. We talked a few, few weeks ago about what words resonate with you and what mm-hmm. words don't. Um, and some of that is just what did you hear when you were growing up mm-hmm. and, or not. So, cool. So, um, do you have a mystical experience then by that definition that you would like to share? I don't know. Let me think about it over the break. <laughs> All righty then.
welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path with your hosts, Leslie and Tracy. And today we are having a very interesting conversation <laughs> very about mystics and mysticism. Uh-huh. And right before the break, um, Leslie described a situation to her that she thinks was a mystical experience and asked me if I believed in it. And what I said over the break was, well, I know you. Well, no, two things. One, I believe things like that happen all the time, which I do. But, of course, I believe it because I know Leslie, and Leslie's describing what happened to her and who am I to say, no, that didn't happen? <laughs> you know, so of course I believe it happened. Or get out of my house, you're a nut. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it, uh, that's what, what happened, because it happened to you. But yes, bigger than that, I believe that experiences that we might label unexplainable mm. experiences mm-hmm. that are physical experiences. So to me, that's different from a psychic experience. Uh, you oh, know, okay. That it's a physical experience. Um, it, you didn't imagine it. Mm-hmm. it. It's something you know that happened, or someone showed up. But then you're like, wait a minute, were they really here? Did I imagine it? But I interacted with them. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like, yeah, I think that happens all the time. And the other thing I said during the break was that I just the word mysticism and the word mystic just are not a part of my active vocabulary. So the, it's a conceptual thing that I've never really spent time thinking about because it's not a word that resonated with me or for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not against it. I just... <laughs> You're not an anti-mystic. <laughs> right. It's just, wow, what does that really mean? Because it's not a word I use. Mm-hmm. So. so with our new definition... Do you have a mystical experience in your own world to share? <laughs> I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yes, and I'm giving her the look that's like the that key is here is do I want to share? share it. None of your business. <laughs> tell us, tell us all. No, I really don't have anything to share, share. in this regard. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Yes. See, that's uh, I heard an interview with um, Oprah and Shirley MacLaine. You know, Shirley MacLaine got a, quite a bit of press in the mid and late 80s, early 90s, in a lot of psychic phenomenon, a lot of different kind of ooey-ooey. I call them ooey-ooey. And in my book, I wasn't certain how you spell ooey-ooey, but I spelled it O-O-E-H-Y, ooey-ooey. Probably not right. But um, Shirley MacLaine has had a lot of ooey-ooey experiences, and she's been interviewed by Oprah, and this was interview was taking place four or five years ago. And Oprah said, well, I, too, have had some of those experiences, and I forget now which one it was, if it was an astro flight or if it was something else that Oprah then said, you know, this is I've done this, too. And Shirley was like, well, why haven't you ever talked about that? And Oprah said clearly, she said, I was very conscious not to speak about that early in my career because of the general public opinion of that, then I would be discounted and put into this, you know, arena of nuts. And my thinking is, you know, we all have to come out of our metaphysical closet and start speaking of these ooey-ooey experiences to demystify them so that we can understand we're all living them, but none of us are talking about them because none of us want to be seen as a nut. So since I'm very comfortable with that as a description... I have been talking about it forever, and I just really believe, because when you talk one-on-one, exactly like Tracy Brown, Tracy Brown has had an experience, but she's not going to talk about it, because for whatever reason. Yes, my my, my reasons are different, because I really kind of don't care what, at a certain level, I don't care what people think. I do care, but I don't care so much. At, especially at this stage of my life, oh, yeah, different sure than if I was 20 or, or if I was in a corporate environment, you know, and try, and talking about it in the context of, you know, it, it, you have that, you do have that issue of, yeah, of credibility. And, um, but, um, no, my thing is a privacy. Oh. My, my thing is a privacy 
bad. Sorry. Yeah, I don't have much of that either. Yeah. But yeah, that's good. So you did, but you did. I have a privacy boundary. A boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. That is healthy. I've read that in a book. That's healthy. <laughs> um, but but it is an interesting thought because I do think even with um, our spiritual experiences or whatever mm-hmm. watered down word we want to use <laughs> that we feel more comfortable with it, more socially accepted. Um, we don't even talk about those that much because, again, we have this perception that it's an individual experience, there's something odd about it, that, oh, we're misunderstanding it, or, you know, people are going to think we're crazy. And it's like it's happening to all of us, but we're keeping in these individual little, little silos of events. And, um, yeah, you know, well, so I don't know. That's interesting world. for me because I think on the on the one hand, and we've done it with say yes to spirit, and you know every week, and different things come up. And even as I'm thinking back, there have been some things that I have shared in the past because they were in the context of exactly what we were talking about mm-hmm. that <laughs> are definitely based on this definition, you know, mystical experiences. But they came to me in the context of. We're talking about X, Y, and Z, and this mm. is an example of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that happens a lot. I think that's one reason that for many people they gravitate towards spiritual community, whether mm-hmm. that spiritual community is called Catholic or Baptist or Jewish or Buddhist or um, New Thought, because in that environment you do have conversations where mm. your spiritual Safe. experiences and your mystical experiences come out or can come out mm-hmm. because you're in talk you are talking with people about how your commitment to God, how your commitment to spirit shows up in your life. Mm. Um, but it is interesting, I agree with you that why is that not a more common conversation? Right in general, in the public, Mm -hmm. outside Mm -hmm. of those silos of Mm -hmm. places where we have deemed it as a society Mm -hmm. as appropriate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that is interesting. It's curious. um, When I think back to my mid-30s when I made the decision to to you know, kind of create a different life, have a different lifestyle, start my own business, so I have more flexibility, and um, and part of that was so to have alignment, to have alignment in my work life, mm. in my personal life, mm-hmm. in all things that I did, and a lot of that takes away some of the concern about what will other people think. Sure, because you don't have somebody, your boss, googling you, and. Yeah, or, you know, I'm designing my life and filling it with people who value who I am and how I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And so then, in that sense, it becomes important, or it became important to me, and I've heard this from many other people as well, to have alignment and to have credibility and to have, um, alignment is a better word, to have alignment in all aspects of my life. And so, in that sense, it's it's much in, more inward focused than outward focused. So I think that's partially what helps to too to create a, a more of a boundary around. Yeah, my experience is my experience, and all of it is what helps me to show up the way I want to show up in the world. And then right. the way I show up speaks for itself. So I don't need to tell you. You don't have to tell the parlor trick stories of your right your because how I show up. Is how <laughs> I show up. Exactly right. You know, it is interesting, though, because I have, I mean, all throughout the years of my life, I just really, I just want everybody to speak it up, speak it out, say it, you know, loud for the rafters. Um, Because I have seen as a therapist when we don't, when we believe we're the only ones, and then, you know, you're experience, you know, you're not sitting at home in the dark thinking you're the only one. You know you're not the only one. You know, you, you have a community and a, and a safety net within your own soul. But there's a lot of people who have experiences and they think they're the only ones. And then they kind of uh, boomerang that back on to there's something wrong with me or something right. odd about me. I'm a me. misfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a misfit or I don't fit in or, mm-hmm. I, or I'm not like everybody else right. when everybody else is 
having the same experience as fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fears yeah. and anxieties. There is a uh, movie playing right now, if you're seeing or listening to this in real time, in the Dallas-Fort area. I think it's released in different artsy film places throughout the country called Vision. It's a true story of a uh, German nun in 1908 to 19 or 1809, I don't know, a long, long time ago, before they had running water and lights, and they rode around on horses. But she was uh, the first mystic seer to actually be, uh, I don't know what do you call it, sanctified or blessed by the Catholic Pope at the time to say that she actually was a seer, and what she got, the visions that she got, were around homeopathic remedies and different physical ways to be physically healed, different nature, natural things to eat or things to, crystals to hold that would cause physical healing. And it was really interesting in the film to watch um, different people doubt her and different people want to put her down until she started having some success and then people in power started wanting her around, and there was some sort of payoff to this vision that she was having. And then suddenly everybody got on board because then she becomes like, you know, the Pope wants to see her, the emperor wants to see her, everybody wants to see her. And then suddenly the monks and the priests and the people at the local level that had kind of, you know, casted her away because she was a crazy person, suddenly they want her all to come back to the monastery, come back to me, you know, because now your your craziness is seen as, power or, you know, something that they can then gain. And um, and I think that's fascinating, too, because, you know, it's a very thin line, I think, between absolute insanity and people out there on the corner at Ross, you know. I don't know. I haven't really had a conversation with that guy. Is he really crazy? Because he stands out there most every day at Ross and Pearl, I think it is, and he has the Bible and he's screaming, you know. So <laughs> it's a fine line. Yeah, it is. It is. So early, earlier, you made the comment that everyone is a mystic. Yes. Just at different levels of expressing it, of recognizing it and mm-hmm. expressing it. Yes. And so, and you also said that, you know, you've always wanted to walk through walls and, like, be at mystic level 12. Yes. So is it something, are there things we can, so is it something that we can do? And maybe a different way to phrase that is what are things that we can do that will enhance us? Again, if it's a scale from 1 to 10 and you want to be at a 12, then what do you do if you are interested in this conversation and then you go, well, You know, I've had one or two big things that have happened to me in my life, and that's probably, those are probably mystical experiences, but I would say I'm like a three. Mm -hmm. So I want to be a six or an eight. What do I do to go from where I am to a deeper, more demonstrative experience of mysticism in my life? See, I think that's exactly what we do every day, every week, by saying yes to spirit. I think it's the exact same thing, like you say, for whatever reason. Most people, I think, have your experience. They don't don't have any experience with the word mystic. It seems like somebody that walks through walls or something, everything that just seems a little bit crazy. But I think when you drill down to it, and I, um, I do think I have the correct definition. I'm not saying it necessarily exactly right, but the true form of mysticism I mean, you know, Mary and Joseph were mystics. They were part of a mystical order back in the day. I mean, mysticism is Kabbalah. The Jewish people have, every major religion has a mystical side to it. So it's something that's not like new. It's an ancient thing. And it's and it's this concept that we talk about with Christ. We're all one. We're all connected. We're all God expressing and so the exact same thing that we talk about every week in terms of spiritual practices, meditation, and getting more of a conscious contact, conscious connection, opening that up, it's all the same thing that will take us along the mystical path. And you know, I think, and I think you're right to say that it's probably 
it's just not a very familiar term, and it's gotten some bad press along the way. <laughs> so the exact, so whatever to do, you know, is the things, the spiritual practices that we talk about, and getting into some sort of daily ritual and practice, and being more aware, looking for the little things when the light turns green right then when it was, you know, needed to turn green or, you know, the friend calls you or, you know, the guy shows up and gives you something you need and you turn around and he's gone. So just saying, oh, man, he walked away fast going, ooh, I wonder. You know, just to kind of open up to the possibility that there's all sorts of little things running around trying to help us all the time. Little lights of love. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that a good visual? Little lights of love. Little lights of love. So how would so I'll so how would I know that I'm a mystic before you can walk through the wall? Yeah, you are a mystic. There you go. Um, how would you know that you have attained that 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 state of being? Mm-hmm. Um, I um uh, I actually have a Christian mystic teacher. Mm-hmm. He was a priest in a, a mystic order and um. And she embodies a spiritual experience 99.8% of the time. So she's living a human experience 2% of the time. And so my experience of being around her is all I can really draw from in terms of how you will know. But she is she is a 98.8% into that spiritual, everything's one, you know, how am I connected? She... It's the odd time that she doesn't think it's some sort of spiritual, mystical experience that she's having on a phone conversation or when some email comes to her or some song is played on the radio. I mean, she is fully expecting it all to be a spiritual vibration. And and, and so that, it's like her whole mind just works that way. So when I'm in the world and I say something to her, she, she just automatically goes, oh, well, this, and she's shows the spiritual side. When I got fired, she didn't say this is an opportunity. She said, this is exciting, which is like a different level from, mm-hmm. you know, I hate that I got fired. It would be like the ultimate human. I'm I'm, I'm stupid. I'm idiot. I got fired is like the base level to me and thinking. And then, oh, you know, I got fired. There's some lesson here for me. I need to learn the lesson is like a next level of human. And then, oh, I got fired. This is an opportunity. Something good's going to come. You know, I need to look for the good kind of thing. It's the next level. And then you get to this thing. This is exciting. You know, and I mean, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. That was the tone of her voice. It was like, oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? This is exciting. I'm like, I'm hanging up because I think you're on drugs. You know, I mean, it's that kind of excitement that here's this whole new, you have all day tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be very exciting. I'm like, I'm eating pie. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm eating pie. So, you know, that to me is she's there. She's living that life, you know. She's living that life. And consciously or not, you went through the four kingdoms of consciousness with that. Did I? Oh, let's write that down. I didn't, I wasn't conscious at all, but I really think that's, and that's why, you know, that's That's the example I'm going to use when I am ever teaching or sharing with others the four kingdoms of consciousness. Wow. Love that. With your permission. Please, please, share it on. Because I really believe that. And I think, and see, and I guess, I don't know why, but ever since I just can remember, I have known there's this, oh, my God, it's so exciting. You have all day tomorrow. I know that exists. I've always known that exists. And it's kind of been like living in hell because I had so much time down here and I'm a victim. I got fired. I'm an idiot. You know, I've chosen this experience when I've known there's this, I'm so excited. And it's like, oh, shut up. Uh, you know, like I don't want to hear it's exciting. I know it can be, but that's not my so experience not right now. I'm eating pie. Well, somebody yeah. Yeah. exciting. Right. So I think it's interesting. I've always kind of been aware of all the different levels that exist, even though I've chosen to experience the pond sucker, pond sucking fish experience. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
Very cool. So, um, mysticism, we are winding down um, on this topic, and like all of our topics, um, we never quite know exactly where they are going to go. And we must keep cross-consciousness on the schedule, because that will give us another opportunity. Well, it will give us a, an opportunity to make a connection, but and, not but, and also that was on the schedule because it is um, around Christmas. Yes. And so we'll talk that week about um, viewing the birth of Christ in relationship to our own individual journey to birth Christ consciousness awesome. in our lives. Right. And my guess is that's what I'll be talking about <laughs> and you'll be talking about. And see, that's what mysticism <laughs> really is. Right, right, right. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're going. And next week, also in light of the fact that we're having these shows during the American Christmas and holiday season, next week we'll talk about shopping and what it. does shopping have to do with saying yes to spirit? Mm. I don't have any idea where <laughs> that will go. And uh, But that's what we're on schedule to talk about. Any of you who've listened to us for any number of times knows that at any moment we could say, well, that's what we were planning to talk about, but <laughs> something else um, is uh, coming forth through spirit for us to talk about. Uh, before we close uh, this show on mysticism, um, any connections with mysticism and the process that we used at our center yesterday around Blue Holiday and helping people get through the holidays? I don't know. For some reason, I just in my mind had the vision of people standing all around holding candles mm. yesterday and... Um, I don't know. Hmm. You could say no. There's no connection coming to mind. <laughs> well, you know, I think again, it's the challenge or the uh, or the opportunity or whatever you want to call it to look at a blue Christmas. That, you know, if we've lost someone we love or we're suffering through a divorce, thing is going on in our human experience. It's not what we associate Christmas with. How do we embrace that and look at? You know, there is a spiritual thread through all of this, and that would be the mystical thread. Uh, very cool. Well, this show is done. Next week, shopping, and uh, we wish that everyone throughout the week would remember to say, say yes, yes to, to spirit. spirit. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.